Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host and senior staff writer, Ryan Whitfield. So, Ryan, how did you enjoy week one? Lots of fun, better than the Bachelorette, would you say? Oh, God. It's just one of the best times of the year. Uh, so, yeah, I'm so happy it's back. It was, uh, it, you know, there was there was some really good football this weekend after Thursday night. Yep. Done. So, overall, yeah. uh, pretty positive pretty positive takeaways coming out of week one. Yeah, I, I, lots of things to talk about here in week one. And actually, uh, totally unrelated to that, I saw that our buddy Colton Underwood, he who spent two years in the NFL but never once sniffed actual game time, has been chosen as a new bachelor. How about that, huh? Got any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, uh, I think watching this, this series now, as I have the last couple seasons, they, they clearly set up who the next star is going to be and who, who it's going to be. So overall, it's not very surprising. He's become a focal point of all those those shows and their spinoffs. So um, he's kind of goofy, so I don't know. But I mean, at least that one, there's uh, there's tons of female contestants, which makes it better than the inverse. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we can talk about it again because there's an NFL connection. So there's another reason to be happy about Colton Underwood being involved. And all, and how do you think Squad QL feels about this? Do you think they uh, they have stats on the Bachelor too? So they got stats on basically everything else, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think that's in their product development uh, uh, stage right now. But uh, they'll have something for us. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get this roll. we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about injuries to Greg Olson, Delaney Walker. We're going to talk about Kerry, Corey Coleman. We're talking about teams that exceeded and fell and fell short of our expectations in week one. We're talking about rookies. We're talking about fantasy football. Let's get rolling. All right. So we had a bad weekend for tight ends. Yeah, we had a really bad weekend for tight ends. It underperformances from Zach Ertz, Travis Kelce, Evan Engram, basically anybody not named Rob Gronkowski. And we had major injuries to two more, to Greg Olson and Delaney Walker. Panthers announced that Greg Olson refractured his surgically repaired right foot in week one against the Cowboys. They actually stated in their uh, statement that there are no plans for surgery at this time and that they will monitor his rehab and evaluate his progress on a monthly basis. Although he's not needing surgery, and that's a positive sign, the Panthers are, and the Panthers are not placing Olsen on IR. You know, the fact of the matter is uh, he's, likely, he's likely not to get back anytime soon, probably missing at least five to six weeks. Rookie Ian Thomas, somebody that uh, they have some high hopes for, maybe starting a tight end while Olsen is sidelined, so somebody to keep an eye on. Um, Delaney Walker's side, well, he didn't do much better. In fact, he did much worse. He suffered a dislocated ankle with ligament damage and a fracture. Ugh, the trifecta in week one against the Dolphins. The Titans announced that Walker will undergo surgery and place them on the IR, ending his season. The second-year pro, Juno Smith, however, will step up a tight end, and he uh, may be somebody interesting to look at. He was uh, out of Florida Atlantic, had a really good really good uh, three years while he was there in, uh, in uh, college. And uh, when he came out, he was comped as Delaney Walker. So, yeah, this is the perfect comp for him. If he's going to slide right in, they're going to need somebody but likely Corey Davis will be the primary target there. So what are your thoughts about the injuries of Greg Olson and Delaney Walker and how that's going to affect the Panthers and the Titans? Yeah, on both fronts, um, 
not good. You know, they're they're focal points of both offenses. Um, in Greg Olson's situation, anytime at that age you start to re-injure and, and get the same injury to the same part of your body, um, it's usually not a good positive sign of where where your career path is going right now. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely not. As, as far as in as far as in Tennessee, um, Walker's been their most consistent weapon. Um, you know, uh, over the last several years, and you know, I just look at it like it's a, it's a time of the season for for overreactions, and I'm going to overreact. I, I except for Corey Davis, I'm selling everything on the Tennessee Titans offense. Well, wow. be on the list. That, oh man, I just they looked they looked they didn't look prepared or good in, in the preseason, and then they came out. And I know there's an unusual set of circumstances where they were delayed uh, four hours or whatever ended up being total there, but. You would have been lost to Miami, and this is a team that people keep. They, they already were soft. They didn't really believe in them last year, and I, and I started to believe in the hype when they started to add more weapons this off season. Um, but it just looks like first year coach Brabel is uh, a little bit outmatched and doesn't have the guys ready to go yet. And I just, um, you know, for me, this is really Marcus Mariota's last chance. I keep, you know, hearing he's gonna. This is gonna be the year. This is gonna be the year. And it's, we're kind of at that time. It needs to be the year or not. And. I just have been so unimpressed with the film I've watched on him in preseason and uh, and game one now obviously left with an injury, but it mm-hmm. just it doesn't feel right in Tennessee to me. So if, if I'm overreacting right now, I'm selling on uh, a lot of pieces in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and uh, and along with that injury, Marcus Mariota with an elbow injury, Mike Rabel coming out and saying he's still being evaluated, no lock for week two. So maybe even more problems for the Titans with a difficult number of games coming out with the Texans, Jaguars, and Eagles on uh, on on tap. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough about Mariota and Delaney Walker. Um, so uh, what about the uh, what about those uh, Panthers? Do you think uh, do you think Olsen is going to be a significant impact there without uh, not being around? I don't just because Cam Cam Newton is one of the guys that you know I'm down on him as far as a competitor because I do think he's a bit of a front runner. But the one thing I do give to Cam Newton is he's one of those guys that elevates the guys around him. Um, he makes guys on the field better. And if you know, I just I keep looking at that Carolina roster. And I have to do like a salary cap dive on it someday because where the hell do they spend all their money? Because it's such a bad like <laughs> roster top to bottom. And I just and Cam Newton just churns out like top five seasons from a fantasy perspective, and it's just like he does it with nobody, you know. Right. And so you know, I think I don't think it's a huge deal because he does elevate the guys around him. And it would be interesting to see if they could ever build, you know. It's basically you know one guy needs side of the ball. It's, it's Luke Keekley on the on the defense and Cam Newton on the offense, and the, right. the rest of the guys to me are just a bunch of guys. And um, yeah, when you're when you're in the situation where Devin Funches and um, Jesus, got Greg Olson are your are your two top end talent guys. You know, I think McCaffrey's right. a nice player. I'd rather McCaffrey yep. be my number two running back. You know, be the lightning right. to somebody's thunder out there. And so, CJ Anderson. You know, I, just, I, don't, I don't think it changes a lot. Yeah, CJ okay. Anderson. I don't think it changes a lot because um, I think Cam will will get it done with what he's got. Yep. All right. I uh, I agree. I think that the Panthers actually don't have shouldn't be impacted too much. But you're you're right. I have the same feeling about the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to have some serious problems moving forward. So let's go ahead and uh, move on to our next topic. We're going to go ahead and ring the bell and talk about Corey Coleman again. We've probably given way too much time to Corey Coleman already. Last time he was picked up by the Bills after uh, leaving the Browns 
we thought there was going to be some possibility for him to get some activity there, but apparently he's not even good enough to make that sad roster. So now he's on the Patriots. <laughs> what do you think about that? Your Pats, Kerry Coleman, is this a future star in the making? So it's hard because I was very high on Corey Coleman when he came out of college. Oh, yeah. Um, and that has not proven right so far. Uh, however, <laughs> the more and more I watch Hugh Jackson on hard knocks um, and watch his, his terrible press conference after Sunday's game, I just don't trust anything in Cleveland. I don't, I don't think it's Col- Coleman's fault. Everyone's making fun of the clip of you know him whining and crying to get traded. I'd have to get traded, too. Jesus, is that place so dysfunctional. Hugh Jackson might be the worst NFL coach I've ever seen in my life. And, and, and that's not hyperbole. He, he, is, he is literally getting to the point that, that, I, that it's maddening to me that he's still out there and has a job. This guy sucks. <laughs> and, and, and so Coleman getting out of there, and then he goes to Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo how does Buffalo evaluate talent? Robert Woods, gone successful. Chris Hogan, gone successful. So I don't know. You know, I, I know Corey, Corey Coleman hasn't done anything. I don't have a lot of um, high prospect from this year. Twofold. One, because I just don't know that he is that good yet. Two, mm-hmm. we saw Philip Dorsett had his best game in a Patriot uniform on Sunday, and it took yeah, a whole year of him getting acclimated because he didn't have an offseason. I think it's a hard offense to come in and pick up. Um, after they've already installed the playbook. So I don't think Coleman will do well this year, but if he can fight like Dorsett did to stick around to next year, you know, that's when we can see the leap for him. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, people say, you know, he, you know, Coleman couldn't even stick in Cleveland or Buffalo. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't really trust the player evaluations going on in either place to, to let that, you know, do my thinking for me. Right, and if you touch Buffalo, when you leave, you automatically become good. So, you know, so who knows? Maybe that's uh, maybe that's <laughs> a big bump for him. <laughs> And apparently, Hugh Jackson is the new Jeff Fisher for you, huh? You, you, Jeff Fisher used to be the, the 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 target of all your coaching ire, but it looks like Hugh Jackson is the guy now, huh? Yeah, he's he's elevated himself to the class of uh, of Pagano slash Fisher. Both those guys are out of jobs, so now now all my anger's at Hugh Jackson. <laughs> right, good good to find another target here. Let's ring the bell here. I think we talked too much about Corey Coleman now. Let's talk about uh, people who we thought did better than we uh, had originally thought and people who didn't do as well. So let's talk about teams in general. And, um, and uh, I, I'll say this. Are you, a, uh, are you a butter or a margarine guy, Ryan? Uh, neither. I like the, the, neither. the, the fake, okay. like, uh, like the, the smart balance spreads. I guess those are technically margin. I don't know. Whatever those, oh, whatever okay. those fake right. spreads are that are made with yogurt and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you totally blew my bit out of the water, Ryan. So I'm just gonna have to just roll with it now. You know, I was I'll gonna say, say that Margaret actually <laughs> has more trans fat and does and does more to increase bad cholesterol. So it's one of those things that you uh, you think might be good for you, but is worse than you thought. Butter actually not so bad. So it might you thought it was bad. It's better than you thought. So let's talk about teams. Let's talk about your butter team. Team that you thought was was uh, was going to be bad, but ended up being better than you thought. Who's that team this day? Yeah. So. It was an uh, you know overreaction to week one, obviously. But it was Kansas yep. City. You know, I think oh. we saw. I, th- I was very high in the regression of Tyreek Hill, uh, so I'll take a big fat L on that one. Um, luckily, <laughs> right. I do have a, I do have like three shares of him, uh, despite how low yeah. I was on him. But um, but you know, I think we were. You saw some you know exodus of talent, um, and Patrick Mahomes is a bit of an unknown. Um, Andy Reid just is, is, you know, for all the things he can't do right, he's absolutely a quarterback guru. Because if you go through it, they were talking about a local sports station today, and if you really think back, even back to McNabb and Vic and Alex Smith now and Patrick Mahomes, 
every guy that he's coached is better with him than than, he, than they've been other places. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a, a testament to him. And so I was pretty low on the Chiefs, and um, he obviously came in and looked really good in week one. Um, so they're, you know, they're my butter team. All right. Well, I, I will uh, – I'm thanks for using the terminology. I love it. So the, my butter team is going to be the New York Jets. Uh, they uh, – they, I thought they were going to be terrible, but they came in, rolled in, beat Detroit Lions in Detroit in Monday Night Football, whopping 48-17. to 17. So a lot of this may be due to the fact that the Detroit Lions are actually really bad. <laughs> and Matt Stafford gifting four interceptions to the Jets, plus one more interception from Metcalf in relief. So uh, all in all, um, I thought the Jets, you know, I mean, they got a little bit, they got a little bit lucky because they faced a really, really poorly um, prepared team, and that really reflected poorly on Matt Patricia, I think. But uh, the Jets look way better than I thought they would, particularly a rookie with Sam Darno under center. And um, and I, you know, maybe I'm just maybe I was being skeptical about what they're going to be able to do with him coming out in his rookie year and and not having a whole lot of weapons around him. But they soundly executed in all phases of the game, including the punt and kickoff returns, uh, special teams all over, offense, defense, and uh, all that on the road. Uh, like I said, with, an, with not only a new quarterback but a new running back in Isaiah Crowell, who did manage over 100 yards and two touchdowns on 10 carries. Of course, one of them was. Um, a big run at the end of the game, but hey, they all count the same. And of course, you're not getting pick sixes and punt return TDs every week, but other than the uh, first play of the game, um, which he bounced back from, I didn't see the Jets doing much wrong. Now, with the Dolphins, Browns on tap, they actually have a shot at starting 3-0, and so I feel pretty good about maybe the Jets uh, overachieving a little bit. Are they going to win anything this year? No, no, let's not get crazy. I just think they're better than I thought they were going to be. What do, you, what do you think about those guys in the Jets? I'm super high on the Jets, um, and, and, I, and I was coming in. The only reason I didn't pick them as my uh, as my butter team, I, I looked at it. You know, I, I don't know quite a bit of Stafford shares, and I couldn't believe the point projection, uh, projections he was getting this week. Because yeah, right. That Jets team was was really feisty at the beginning of last year too. Now, you know, water reached its level at the end, and they fell off because they're they're a year, uh, you know, a year or two, I think, away. But I don't think it's unrealistic. They could be a wild card team this year. Um, yep. They're 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 built. I mean that defense is built. I mean you're just like you forget all the guys there now with, with Jamal Adams and Darren Lee and Buster Screen. I mean they are they are built on that side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, they started to put some pieces together. People forgot about Quincy and because he was gone. He comes back has ten targets. I think six or yep. seven receptions, huge amount of yards. I mean he was he was great last night. Robbie Anderson's the big play threat. They actually got a couple decent running backs in the backfield now. So. Uh, you know, I, I think the I think the Jets are are a legit wild card contender in this season. Wow! Now that's wow. You're even bigger. You're higher on them than I am. That's amazing. Let's go ahead and turn to the other side of this. Let's talk about the the margarine team. That team that you thought was good, but ended up being a little worse than you than you expected. Which one is uh Which team is that for you? So yeah, we uh, we can keep the car in park here. We don't have to buy plane tickets or anything. I'm gonna just keep it right in Detroit. Um, ah. Shame on me for not being bullish on this before. Matt Patricia sucks. I, I don't know why, <laughs> wow. why I was so hesitant to say this for so long. Like we were, a bunch of people in New England were joking on Twitter last night, and and the truest thing we could say is that 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 game last night with the way the Jets were throwing the ball over the field. We're like, huh, where have we seen this before? Oh, that's right, February, when Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator of the Patriots. He stinks. He goes away, and the Patriots' defense looks better than it has in three years. The only time he's ever had a good defense under him was when he had Brandon Browner, Jarrell Revis, Devin McCourty three years younger, Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower. I could have coached that defense in 2014 to a top-five defense. He's not that good. I'm so sick of the rocket scientist stuff. I mean, have you ever, if you watched that game last night, the best part of it, 
was the big dumb look on his face 10, 10 to 15 times. They just kept cutting over to him. Jaw slacks looked like he didn't even know where he was. Looked like he was concussed. He was so confused out there. Absolutely yep. overwhelmed by the moment. And I don't think that team's built very well on the defensive side anyway. Stop, I mean, at some point, Detroit, stop banking on Ziggy Ansah. He can't make it out of week two. And so the only notable player outside of um, Darius Slay on the defensive side of the ball. So they suck on the defense. The offense is... It's, it's good, but more good for fantasy purposes because how many times they're the, you know, whatever it was last year or two years ago, they were the, the cardiac kids with all their big fourth quarter comebacks, which means yep. that you suck for three quarters, by the way. If you, if you have to come back <laughs> in the fourth quarter every time. So great. When, they, when the chips are down, Stafford can chuck the ball over the yard, get some fantasy points, and get them back in games. But they're not, very, they're not a very good team. The only person I can say anything positive last day was the two guys coming out of that game where carry on Johnson looks good uh, when he actually did get to touch the ball. And yep. uh, Kenny Galladay had himself a night too. Yep, most definitely. So my my margarine team, my team that I that didn't quite live up to my expectations was the Houston Texans. I actually expected much more from them with uh, with Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless all coming back from injuries. I thought they were going to be dominant, but for the first 40 minutes of the game, uh, Texans offense could not move the ball well. They just didn't do well. Mar Miller looked better. He ran uh, 20 times for 98 yards. It was uh, reasonable, but it was otherwise uninspiring against. Uh, the Patriots and the Patriots never looked like they were in danger of losing it. In fact, the final score made the game look much closer than it was actually uh, than it was actually because it was a muffed punt set up by the, that set up the Texans in the five yard for a five yard TD in the last five minutes of the game. Uh, so that clearly um, clearly shifted it and made it look closer. But let's not mince words here; it did not look good for them. On the flip side, they have the Titans, Giants, Colts, Cowboys, and Bills coming up over the next five games. So they have a pretty good shot at riding the ship. So. Maybe uh, maybe uh, they'll do better and they'll meet my expectations coming up in the upcoming weeks. So let's ring the bell on that. Let's move on to our next topic. That's rookies in week one. We got to talk about our best and the worst rookie performances. What's your best uh, rookie performance in your mind, there, Ryan? Yeah. So again, I'll I'm gonna keep it pretty boring. Just go with last night because I was actually severe, uh, thoroughly impressed with Sam Darnold. Um, oh, I was not yeah. high on this kid. Um, yep. And, you know, I, 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 it's one of those situations that I hear a lot of people today, and I always say, I, just, I hate this question. You know, did the, the, were the Lions just that bad, or were the Jets really that good? And I, I think the truth is in both, that I think the Jets took it to them last night. And I thought Darnold looked great on, uh, on the Robbie Anderson uh, pass, I mean, uh, the 41-yard touchdown there. He completely yep. looks off the safety and snaps his head back and hits him on a dime of a throw. Um, there was a couple. There was a play early on on the touchdown possession where he had to move around in the pocket to create more time to pick up to convert a first down, and I just thought he had great command. Uh, kept his eyes downfield. He did not get yeah. run by the moment, unlike the the big bearded fool on the other side of the field. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just thought overall he looked really in control. And uh, you know, it, it, it looks like they might actually finally have, and maybe that's just wishful thinking for some competition in the division finally. Um, <laughs> but it looks like the Jets might have their guy of the future, and I, I was super impressed with him. Yeah, and, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't have started off worse throwing his first pass from scrimmage for a pick six, which he threw across his body and across the field directly into zone coverage. But it, um, and it could have fallen apart, but I think it showed a lot of presence for him to get, uh, get going, reset, do a good job. Complete 16 of 21 passes, 198 yards, two touchdowns. You mentioned the perfect 41-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson. He also had a nice 21-yard toss to Quinty Anunua as well. He was patient in the pocket. He didn't force any balls. He went through his progressions. And, he, and you know, although he fixated on Nunwa, he kept making the catches, so it didn't really matter. So 
yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of bullish on him as well. Let's talk about the other side. Worst rookie performance. Who do you got? So I just want to be a jerk. I'm going Saquon Barkley. You take out that one big run, <laughs> I thought it was a really wow, disappointing okay. game for him. He was okay. not – and then I think that's a lot on their offensive line, but that's the – you know, obviously you could say things like the guys who have just completely fallen off and they get to play at all. But, um, you know, I think Saquon Barkley is a guy that, you know, you mentioned the Patriots game was uh, – the final score makes it look – you know, closer than it was. I mean, and it was a great run, but still, I mean, you know, that he breaks off one 67-yard run. Other than that, I was I was pretty unimpressed with him all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, obviously, a tough matchup, but I just think it's a good reality check for people that that uh, it's going to be tough sledding for him there th- this season. I don't think it's going to be as automatic, you know, as automatic of a success as uh, I think a lot of people thought it would be. Yeah, I, I I agree. It won't be an automatic success, but I think he did flash something with that run. I mean, getting to the edge and beating the defenders. Um, and, you know, it, was, it wasn't all him, but um, it certainly was nice to see him do something positive. I, I have my worst rookie of the week being Calvin Ridley. He was already trending down from camp from the third preseason game onward. But, um, you know, a first-round draft pick, he really hit rock bottom, held without a catch on two targets in the Falcons' week one opener against the Eagles. Now, Pro Football Focus charted Ridley as playing 45 snaps, so it appeared he was on the field enough to do something, but nothing came of it. Now, part of the problem was that Matt Ryan regressed even more than he did last year. I mean, he was pretty much horrific. So I certainly not closing the book on Ridley yet, but he hasn't shown much positive since the second preseason game, which at this point is a distant memory. So he, uh, chalk, I chalked him up as the worst rookie performance of the week. All right, let's get to our last segment because we're going to have to finish this off here as we got to jump off and make a guest appearance on the urban sports scene podcast, ringing the bell. Let's get to some fantasy football advice. Ryan, why'd you go first? Give us some fantasy football advice. What have you learned after week one? So after week one, and I'll probably repeat some of this on the other show today, but, you know, one of the things um, that I really wanted to talk about was just, uh, well, A, I already mentioned it, Tyreek Hill, you know, if if you if you missed on him, you know, go go try to <laughs> go try to buy some shares now. Um, you know, trade, <laughs> trade whatever you got to do. Trade uh, yep. picks from next year and stuff because that was yep. uh, just an absolute massive performance. But um, I'll rant a little harder on the next show since we're up against it. But this is the one I just wanted to touch on. Um, and I blame so many people. I blame so many of you, um, and, and they'll know who they are. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting Sammy Watkins on the never on my roster again list because I am so <laughs> irritated with falling for the crap again just to watch him come out there and catch you know two balls for 21 yards, and he'll have one game where he'll go off for 100 yards and a two touchdowns kind of deal. But most of the season he's going to do what he did this week, which is put up three freaking points and piss me off sitting on my rosters. And I and I and I swore I would never take him again. And everyone was wow. like, oh, but they're going to use him in Kansas City, and they're using him in jet sweeps, and they actually know how to use him. They're going to get creative with him. All of that for pff, nothing. I hate Sammy Watkins. <laughs> That's my fantasy advice this week. Drop him. Yeah, so I will also say uh, about Tyreek Hill, by the way, people might not remember, he was a fifth-round pick in 2016 out of West Alabama, a D2 school. So he might just give Tom Brady – and his status as biggest steal of the NFL draft, a little bit of a run for his money. I mean, he's, yeah, maybe he's premature. I'm just saying he was a fifth-round pick out of West Alabama. So, you know, he, he's really, uh, he's really hit, hit the season on all cylinders. He's making great catches out there. I totally agree of him. Um, I will also say that tight end is looking super thin out there. So the guys that I mentioned earlier, um, rookie Ian Thomas, second-year pro Jono Smith, um, take him, give him a look if you need somebody. Ricky Seals-Jones kind of underperformed this week. He has a nice, better matchup next week. Maybe you need him. If you lost Greg Olson, if you lost Delaney Walker, if you can't stand Evan Engram or Travis Kelce anymore, you know, pick him up. Give him a shot. Maybe they'll help you out in the upcoming weeks. All right. 
So that is all we got for this week. We will go ahead and blow the horn on the show. Ryan, give us your social media so people can follow you. Yep, follow me on Instagram, football underscore garbage underscore time. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Whitfield, N-E. And uh, I, in case people couldn't tell it there, I am in transit, so I do not have the read in front of me. But as always, check out my voice <laughs> squad, QL, the, opto, uh, the, the lineup optimizing app. Uh, you can check them out on Twitter, at squad QL. All right, and everybody, uh, we are going over to the Urban Sports Scene podcast momentarily. So switch over there right now, and we'll give you even more fantasy football advice. And all right, thanks, everyone, for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy. Oh, I, and I sh- before I get there, let me just get this out of the way so I don't get hit between the eyes. I lost to Ryan this week in our fantasy football league because I played a kicker who's not on a team. Okay, I'm just gonna whoa, I'm just gonna whoa, say whoa, that right whoa, now. Whoa, 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 whoa! First of all, I'm just saying that now. All, maybe if you do squad QL, it would have told you Dan Bailey wasn't on a lineup. That's one. Now two, <laughs> it's your fault for not setting your lineup. And three. Yep. I beat you and Marcus Mariota going out in like the first quarter. So whew, that's true. That's pretty that's rough. That's true. Pretty rough. That's right. true. All right, that's fair. I I I'll, I'll own it here, guys. I own it because I hate it when people don't set their lineups. And I had the Cardinals stand up playing a guy who's not on a roster. So I'm going to own that right now. And with that said, thanks for wasting time with us. Uh, switch over to Open Sports Scene podcast. Check us out in a few minutes. We'll give you more fantasy football advice. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. <laughs>